Good evening and welcome to the Dr. Bill Telephone Education Series. This is Karen Nutt, Director of Child Development Services at the Braille Institute. Tonight's topic is Should Your Child Wear Sunglasses? Just for information, the Dr. Bill Telephone Series is an educational program focusing on pediatric eye conditions for parents, teachers, and other professionals working with young children with visual impairments. The topics presented not be considered a medical or educational consultation, but information to help us better understand pediatric eye conditions. So I'd like to welcome Dr. Bill. Oh, thank you very much, Karen. Really, really appreciate that. And I want to thank all of you for taking the time to come in and to listen to these lectures each month. But if for any chance you are not able to come by telephone, uh, I want you just to be aware that these podcasts are available on the Braille Institute website at www.brailleinstitute.org. And also I'd like to thank Dr. Joe Yerka and the folks from Airs LA for recording these. And these lectures are also on www.airsla.org. A-I-R-S-L-A.org. Well, it's finally summertime, but it still doesn't quite feel hot enough to be summer. But this is a very important time that we talk about the importance of protecting the eyes from the harmful rays of the sun, especially among young infants and children. You know, one of the things that we often don't realize is that Light is made up of different types of energy. You know, we often think of light just simply as being this bright light that illuminates things for us. But in reality, light is made up of different components. And light is actually comprised of what we call energy. Now, these particular packets of energy are called photons. And when the photons travel from the sun or a light bulb, they actually have a different type of a wavelength. In other words, the light doesn't travel in a straight line, but it goes up and down just like a wave. Now, the distance between the two peaks of those waves is called the wavelength. And that is something that's very, very important when we think about vision. The reason that it's so important is that the distance between the two tops of the wavelength is going to create a different level of energy, and it also creates a different color. So, for example, when we look at the light coming from a light bulb, we may actually think that it's just white light. But if we actually break it down, we will actually see that some of the photons are actually blue. And we see that others create the color green. Others create yellow. Others will create orange. We also have others that are going to create red. So in totality, when we have all of these different colors of light together, it actually produces the white light that we get from our light bulbs. 
So this is something that's very, very interesting. Now, if any of you have children and they need to do a project for elementary school, this is a good project that they could actually demonstrate. And there are certain types of lenses that are called prisms. And when you put a prism lens in front of the light, it could separate the different wavelengths of light. And so when the light goes through the prism, you will notice that there's going to be a beam. And that beam of light is red. And next to it, there's a beam that's orange. And another one that's yellow. Another one that's green. Another that's blue. Another that's violet. And it's a great way to show the kids and the adults that within this white light, there are all of these different wavelengths. Now, the very, very important thing to also remember is that there are wavelengths of light that the human eye cannot see. One of these wavelengths is at the high energy red level, and that's called infrared. Now, even though that this infrared light and that radiation, it is existent, the human eye cannot see it. But there are other types of animals that are able to see that type of infrared. On the other end of the spectrum, there is also what is called ultraviolet light. And the ultraviolet is very, very high energy. And it could be very, very dangerous. And that particular type of ultraviolet radiation is also not visible by the human being. So when we think about what particular type of light can be the most dangerous to the human being and to the human eye, the studies have shown that it is the ultraviolet radiation. Now, I'm certain that in years in the past, you might remember times when you were a kid and maybe you went to the beach and that particular day at the beach it was overcast or it was very cloudy and you were happy because it wasn't too hot and you're playing out on the sand and you're doing volleyball and you're swimming and you stay there only for a couple of hours and then you go home and then that afternoon you notice that your skin hurts and your mom says, my gosh, you got so sunburned out there. I should have brought out the tanning lotion to protect your skin. And in those types of situations, you kind of were thinking, I don't think I have to worry about the sun today because it's cloudy, it's not that bright, it's not too hot. But the reason that your skin became sunburned was because the ultraviolet radiation is still there, and it is still very present. And that particular type of ultraviolet radiation is what damages the skin. We also know that people who work in the sun for too long, maybe, for example, if you're a gardener or that you're a crossing guard and you're outside all day, or maybe you're a lifeguard, People who are exposed to the direct ultraviolet radiation for a longer period of time, they are at much greater risk of developing skin cancer. And this is why it's very important that those people who do have those types of jobs, that they do use lotion that's going to 
protect their skin from that ultraviolet radiation. We also know that that type of ultraviolet radiation, it could also have some other significant impact on your eyes. For example, people who work outdoors all the time, the ultraviolet radiation comes into the eye and it affects the internal lens of the eye. That is called the crystalline lens. And the crystalline lens is normally transparent. But if it is exposed for too many years to ultraviolet light, it can then become clouded. And that is what's called a cataract. These cataracts can progress to the point that a person will not even be able to recognize another person's face or they won't be able to even read the headlines on a newspaper. And for those particular types of cataracts, a person would benefit from receiving cataract surgery where that dirty clouded lens is removed and an artificial lens is then implanted. So it's also very, very important to protect our lenses inside our eye from that type of ultraviolet radiation so that we don't develop a cataract. We also know that the ultraviolet radiation is very powerful and it could also affect the retina. And as you may recall, the retina is the tissue in the inside of the eye that contains cells such that when the light hits those cells, it sends a signal to the brain and the brain could process and understand what it is. But if the retina is exposed to too much ultraviolet light, those cells of the retina can become damaged. And if a child has a disease of the retina, those retina cells are also very, very sensitive to that type of light. You know, one of the things that I remember, when we were just kids, we were playing around one night. It was Halloween, you know, and we had a party, and we were just playing around, and uh, we were going swimming. And after we went swimming, we got in the shower and we changed our clothes. And then we hung our, our swim trunks out on the fence so that they could dry. Well, it was really interesting. The next morning, when we woke up to go and get our swim trunks, we noticed that our swim trunks, they were faded. They were no longer really colorful, blue or red or whatever color but it looked like they had been put in bleach. And when we took it off the fence and we looked at the other side, the side that was not exposed to the moon, that side, the swim trunks had normal color. Well, the reason that that happens is that the ultraviolet radiation that particular type of radiation that is from the sun, it gets reflected from the moon, shines on those particular swim trunks, and it actually bleaches the color out of those types of trunks. So all in all, what this is very important to remember is that the sun, whether it's day or night, it does have a lot of radiation and this type of radiation, it can cause cataracts. 
It can cause damage to the retina. It can affect a person's vision. And in many situations, if there is too much exposure to this type of radiation, there is nothing that can be done. In other words, it is possible that even if a person were out for one summer spending all the time outdoors and not protecting the eyes, it could, in fact, damage the eyes and cause permanent vision impairment. So the first question that we want parents to ask is, should my child wear sunglasses? And the answer to that is yes. All children should have sunglasses, especially during the first six months of life. And the reason for that is because the tissues in the eye are not fully mature and developed to protect the eyes from this kind of radiation. The skin of the eyelids are also not fully developed to protect the eyelid skin from that type of ultraviolet radiation. And also the skin of the face is also very, very sensitive. So during the first six months of life, it is going to be recommended that you are going to put different types of sunscreen on your child's face. And we also recommend that you might use a beanie, a snow cap, or other type of hat that you could put on the child's head and you could cover the forehead with the beanie pretty easily. And then you want to look for sunglasses that are designed to fit young, young children. Now, your eye doctor should have these type, but you could also go to a place such as Lens Crafters, and they should have these types of sunglasses. Now, here are some of the things that you want to keep in mind when you're getting sunglasses. Number one... We really want to make certain that the frame has these adjustable nose pads. And the reason that the nose pads are so important in children is that young infants do not have a built-up bridge. So if we put on sunglasses that do not have the nose pads, the lenses usually rub against the eyelashes and the child can't stand it and they won't wear the glasses. So let's find a frame that has the adjustable nose pads. Number two, let's find a frame that's actually going to fit the child. We want to make certain that it's not too big and that it's not too small. And the optician working at you to these places should help you to find the type that would fit. Number three, the ear pieces that kind of curl and wrap around the ears are also good. And the reason that they're good is if the child is sitting in a stroller and the head droops down, the glasses won't just slide off. It will stay on the face a lot easier that way. Now then the other question then that we're going to ask is, how dark should these glasses be? Is that something that is really very, very important? Well, the first thing is that the darkness of the lenses are not extremely important. In most cases, what we're most concerned with is filtering that ultraviolet light. So there is a type of lens material that is called polycarbonate. Polycarbonate. 
you spell that P-O-L-Y-C-A-R-B-O-N-A-T-E. Now, the best thing about the polycarbonate lenses is that even if they are clear, perfectly clear, they filter out the ultraviolet radiation. So that is something that is very, very helpful. Number two, the polycarbonate lenses are the strongest lenses available. So let's say that someone were throwing rocks and it happens to hit these lenses. These lenses, they won't crack and shatter. So the polycarbonate lenses provide a lot of protection against injury for children. And number three, the polycarbonate lenses can be tinted. So in most cases, if we do recommend that a child needs a tint, if it's too bright, we will usually recommend gray. The important thing, though, before you're purchasing any of these types of sunglasses for your child is that the eye doctor who examined your child should be telling you what color tint. They may say, we don't need a tint. We just need to filter the ultraviolet. Let's just use the clear polycarbonate. But there might be other cases where a child's eyes are very sensitive to the sunlight. If you take them outside, they just close their eyes because it's too bright. Albinism is a condition in which the eyes and the hair and the skin, they do not have enough coloring. And as a result, these kids will be more sensitive to the light. So a child with albinism is a child that usually would need a tinted lens. We see some children who are born premature. They may have something called retinopathy of prematurity. And with retinopathy of prematurity, the glare and the bright light might be a problem. So the doctor may again recommend a gray lens. If a child is born with an inherited retinal condition, such as retinitis pigmentosa or Stargardt's disease, in these cases, gray might be a little dark, and we will often prescribe either orange or brown lenses, and the orange and the brown lenses can really help kids with these conditions to see better. So the doctor is going to tell you what color that the lenses should be. Another thing that's really very, very interesting is that there are other lenses now that are called transitions lenses. And the transition lenses, they are made of the polycarbonate as well, so they filter out the ultraviolet radiation. But these glasses, if you're inside the house, they turn transparent. Or let's say that you're outside and it's nighttime. The lenses are transparent. But then during the daytime, you're at the beach and you're in the direct sunlight, the lenses will then turn to a gray or a brown or whatever type of color that the doctor has recommended. 
So the nice thing about these transitions lenses is that parents don't have to have two pairs of glasses for the child. Before they came out with these transitions, the parents would have to have one pair of clear glasses, and then they would have to have another pair of sunglasses, and then one pair gets lost. So the transition lenses are something that we often will recommend to protect the safety, the health, and the tissues of the eyes themselves. Now, when we see kids and they are wearing these particular types of sunglasses for the first week or two weeks, go ahead and make some observations. See how your child is adjusting. The first day, it may be that your child is hesitant and the child doesn't want to go running around or try to crawl. But watch the child and watch the child's eyes. Is your child actually squinting? Or is your child opening his or her eyes fully wide open when in the direct sunlight? So you could get an idea if the child is tolerating this darkness of the lenses. If you find that the glasses seem to be too dark, you could take them back to the optician or the optometrist and they could lighten the color of the tint very well, and there should be no charge for that. If you notice, on the other hand, that even with the glasses on, your child is still squinting, you could take it back to the doctor, and the doctor could alter that particular tint so it will become a little bit darker as well. So those are really going to be the main types of sunglasses that most kids will use, it'll be the most convenient, and they'll be the most comfortable. These are the transition polycarbonate sunglasses that will change color. Now, you might be asking the question, what if my child needs a prescription in his or her glasses? Can you make the sunglasses with a prescription? And the answer is yes. We could put glasses prescriptions in these transitions glasses so it will sharpen the clarity of sight and also reduce the glare and it will also protect the eyes. So that is something that could be done very easily. Now, one of the questions that parents often ask is, well, you know, my child is only one month old. How do you measure his or her need for glasses when my child can't even talk. Well, we have an instrument that is called a retinoscope, and it shines a beam of light into the child's eye. And when we look inside the instrument, we can see if that light is focusing sharply or if it's focusing blurred on the child's retina. If it's focusing blurred, we could then put lenses in front of the eye until it gets a sharp focus. And once it's sharp, that is how we know what is the child's prescription. So it is very easy for us to measure a child's prescription with that type of instrument. There's also another type of instrument, which is a small little camera, computer type of device, And with that particular device, the computer 
measures the lens power that will focus the light on the eye, and it then tells us the prescription. So both of these types of techniques are very, very accurate, and they're very, very fast, and that's how we're able to get that type of prescription. Now, if the child does need sunglasses, or if a child just needs prescription glasses, there are many different programs that could pay for these glasses. Many children will have Medi-Cal insurance, and the Medi-Cal insurance will pay for the frames and the lenses and the tint, so they're very, very generous with that. Other people may have private insurance, something called DSP, and that stands for Vision Service Plan. And Vision Service Plan is very, very generous in terms of the payment of frames and lenses and tints. So if you have any of those particular types of insurances, there's a very strong chance that these glasses will be covered. And the other thing which is also very important to know about children's glasses and the lenses is that they have excellent warranties. So in cases, if the glasses fall to the ground and they break or they become scratched, the manufacturers, they have warranties and they will replace the frames and lenses usually up to the first year without any hesitation. So that makes things very, very, very helpful. Now, the next thing is that after your child has been prescribed glasses, we then want to teach parents how to do things to prepare the child for glasses. And the easiest thing to do is if you are carrying your child and maybe your child is watching a video that she likes, or maybe she just likes to be carried, use your fingers and massage along the temples and around the face, the area that the glasses will be touching. And just gently massage and talk or sing to your child that way, and that helps them to become accustomed to feeling things in those areas. When you do get the glasses... Put the glasses only on during some very, very rewarding activities. So if it's going to be eating time, maybe we'll put the glasses on every time the child's about to eat so the child isn't thinking about the glasses. And by slowly increasing the amount of time that the child wears it, it's a way that a child will usually adapt to wearing the glasses within the first month very, very easily. But there are some situations that a child may need a little bit more time with it. So in those cases, the doctors may have you come back and they may do some different types of massaging and other types of techniques. So overall, we do feel that sunglasses are really good for all children to wear for the first six months. After the age of six months, a child may need to wear sunglasses if a child has some of these types of visual conditions where the doctors want to protect the eyes more. But in some cases, we may see a child 
after six months, and when we look in the eye and we look at the eyelids and the skin, we could tell that the color of the child's eyes have changed and there is more pigmentation. That pigment protects the eyes from that type of ultraviolet radiation. So it is possible that after six months of age, the doctor may say, we don't need to wear the sunglasses. Or the doctor might say, we don't need to have the tint in it. Let's just use the clear polycarbonate transition type of lens. And as we follow the child each year, we as doctors can then determine if the child is becoming less sensitive to the light and how the eyes are growing and developing. And as they do develop, they often will develop more pigment, which will protect their eyes. So at this time, I'd like to open it up to any of you, if you have any comments or any questions or any experience of sunglasses that worked uh, really well for you with some of the kids that you work with. If you have any questions, go ahead and press uh, star six. Are there no questions this evening? Okay, well, geez, that's great. Dr. Bill? <laughs> oh, yes. Hi, hello. Uh, hi. hi, it's Yolanda, Dr. Bill. I have a question. Hi, Yolanda. Uh, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? This great. is related to glasses, but children who who had cataracts and they removed the cataracts. My question is how sometimes doctors prescribe contact lenses for babies after they remove the cataracts, and other times they prescribe glasses. What is the difference? Oh, that's Why a good question. That's a very good question. Well, if a child is born and has cataracts, that lens inside the eye is very clouded, and as a result, the child doesn't see well. Now, when the surgeon removes the clouded lens, there are two options. Well, there's actually three options. One option is the doctor can actually implant an artificial lens in the eye. Or option number two is the doctor could fit the child with a contact lens on the eye. And option number three is the doctor could prescribe glasses for these kids. And depending on the prescription the doctor will make one of those three different choices. Now, let's say that the doctor does glasses for the child. Those glasses that go on the child are going to be very powerful and they'll be very heavy. But we do know that as the child grows older, the power that the child needs in those glasses, it will probably improve. So in that particular type of case, the doctor might say, let's fit this child with glasses, and as a child grows, he will not need as powerful glasses, so we will make a new set of lenses that will be less powerful. And we're going to do that probably in three months. And then three months later, we probably will have to reduce the power of the prescription glasses again. So there are many situations that as a child grows, 
the strength of the glasses that they would need, it will reduce. And so this is why a doctor may prescribe glasses. The reason they would prescribe glasses instead of doing an implant is that it is too expensive and too dangerous for the doctor to remove the implant every three months and put in a new one. Now, the other option is that a child might be fit with a contact lens, and then in three months, the child could be fit with a weaker contact lens. So there are some cases the doctor may feel that this child would be better off with a contact lens. But as a general rule, if the doctor thinks that the power that the child needs is going to change quite a bit over the next year or two years, they will use the glasses because the glasses are the most affordable way to go. The contact lenses are more expensive, and the implant lens is a little bit too dangerous to do surgery every three months? That's a good question. Does anybody else have any of their questions? Hey, Phil. It's Diane. Does, Hi, um, Diane. The color of the, hey, does the color of somebody's eye make them more sensitive to, like, the ultraviolet rays? Like, so I have light blue eyes. Am I more susceptible to it than somebody who has, like, brown eyes? That's a really good question. The color of a person's eyes is going to affect how sensitive a person is to the brightness of the light. But if a person has blue eyes or another person has brown eyes, they're going to be usually equally sensitive to the ultraviolet radiation. So, in other words, the color of the eye affects how the child is able to tolerate the brightness of the light. And okay. it does not affect how sensitive the child is to the ultraviolet radiation. Thank you. Thank you. Are there other questions? Diane, do you have another question? No, that was it. Okay. Does anybody else have any questions? questions? Yes, please. Um, My daughters have albinism. Yes. Um, One of my daughters, she has prescription glasses, but she won't wear them for long periods of time. I think two hours is maybe the max for her, and she'll take them off. What worries me is that her ophthalmologist told me that she can get um, myopia, I think it's called. Um, How do I go about her wearing her glasses most of the time? Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, when a child has a condition such as albinism, they are more sensitive to both light and the ultraviolet light. So it is important that she wears glasses to protect her eyes. Now, the first thing that comes to mind, if she only could tolerate the glasses for about two hours, the first thing that I question is, are the glasses a little bit too tight or too small in any area? So what I want you to do, Mom, is that when she takes her glasses off after two hours, Look at her nose, look at her temples, look at the back of her ears, and if you see any area that looks red, then that means that the glasses are too tight and need to be adjusted. Now, a second thing that I also think about when they don't wear them full-time 
it may be that the glasses prescription is a little bit too strong. Sometimes if a child or an adult is given a full-strength prescription, it gives the child or the adult a headache. So in some of those cases, we will weaken the prescription just a little bit. But what the doctor told you about if your daughter doesn't wear the glasses full-time, it could cause something that is called amblyopia. Oh, there we go, yeah. Yeah, and amblyopia means that if she doesn't wear the glasses full-time as a child, she won't develop the fullest amount of vision. So in other words, if she wears the glasses full-time, then she has the best chance of developing the highest level of vision. If she doesn't wear the glasses, then her vision won't develop maximally. So take a look at her skin after she removes the glasses. If you see redness, got to get the frames adjusted or maybe a different size. And then let's ask the doctor to check the prescription to see if it is too strong. Okay. okay. Yeah, as well, my other daughter does not have prescription glasses. Um, I buy regular sunglasses for her. I don't yes. understand why she doesn't get um, prescription glasses. Do I ask the doctor for prescription sunglasses? Well, the thing is, is that if you go to a glasses store or the ophthalmologist or optometrist's office, and if they have the high-quality sunglasses without a prescription, that would be fine because it, it probably means that she doesn't need a prescription. But she could get a very good high-quality pair of sunglasses that filter out the ultraviolet radiation. Now, those glasses should cost around $30, $30 to $40 for a pair of sunglasses like that. But if these sunglasses that you bought for your other daughter, if they're like three ninety nine or something like that, those those are not protecting her eyes. Okay, so let me know how it goes, what you find out, okay? Okay, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Does anybody else have any other suggestions to share with everybody or any other questions? Okay, well, I want to thank all of you for your time. And if any of you have any questions, please feel free to email me. My email address is drbill, that's D-R-B-I-L-L, foundation, at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to answer any of the questions you have. And please let others know that they could listen to this recording at the Braille Institute website. And at AirsLA, www.airsla.org. Thank you very much and have a great evening. Thank you, Dr. Bill.